Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in Hawks fans. Your boy Bryce Lewis back at again for another episode of Believe in Hawks. And let's just get into it. The trade deadline has came and it has passed. Hawks staying put, no moves at the trade deadline. DeJounte Murray is a Hawk at least for the rest of the year. We'll see what happens in the offseason. Now, obviously, with this happening, a lot of Atlanta Hawks fans are not happy about them staying put. A lot of Hawks fans believe that a move was needed to be made, and the Hawks did not make a move. The question now is, and I post this question on Twitter, what direction is this team going in? Because I've said the issue with them not making a move to me and this is more of a organizational thing because this has not been communicated well to the fans, is what is the direction of the Atlanta Hawks? What are we trying to do this year? What was the plan? Did the plan change? What is the long-term future? You keep saying in interviews you want to win, but okay, how do we know that? You know, I, I said this. I said this roster clearly has flaws. And you could have made even a small move to try to fix something, and you didn't. You also, if you want to get assets, which is because of asset mismanagement by this organization the last few years, you don't have the assets that you used to have. But and so, did you would you did you want to sell a little bit to try to get some assets back? And they didn't do that either. So you're in the exact same place you were before the trade deadline. And so I think that has created frustration because then nobody knows, okay, what's the answer? What are we trying to do here? And that's the number one question that, that Landry and wrestler need to answer to the fan base is okay. What, what is the direction here? People coming out, talking about Trey Young's going to request a trade. Isn't he? He's going to request a trade. It's going to happen at some point because the organization has mismanaged some things, made some decisions that have not been great. Now, we also have to take the good with the bad. I do think Quid was a good hire. I think Bay was a good trade. You may say now it's not a good trade because Bay struggled, but Bay is starting to get his shot back, it seems. Remember, we only said Bay was a bad trade till this year just because he went through a slump. And the thing is, you always knew about his defensive issues. So that was, I mean, if you can't say you hate him now because of it, just because it wasn't an issue last year because he was hitting threes. If you feel like that they could have moved him for an asset, fine. But let's not act like that was a bad trade for this team, right? The thing is, the Hawks are, are sending a message. And I think this is the message that they're sending. Quinn said before the season, I don't know if you guys remember during the media day. Quinn talked about this is a different situation. In Utah, he had years to integrate his system, integrate what he wants, integrate the culture, integrate the way they want to play. And so then he, you know, he was given plenty of time. And then Utah eventually became a consistent playoff team. I think they were in one seed at one point. You know, they 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 did they did a lot of good things. He said for this particular situation with the Hawks, it was different because there's expectations to get to where the Jazz were quicker, faster. And he was like, I hope we can do that. He, he said that. He was like, I hope we can do that. And so far, you know, we, we see, we've talked about it. I've talked about it. The roster construction has been terrible. One injury to a wing, this team doesn't have wings anymore. One injury 
to, 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 to a player. And now it seems like this team doesn't have anything to really come in and replace it. We can talk about the fact that Kobe Bufkin, Seth Lundy, getting really no minutes and really no opportunity. Seth Lundy was the only one who actually had an opportunity this year, and he's, it was ended because he got hurt. And people are still waiting for Kobe Bufkin to get some run, get ability to play, you know? And, and so people are just wondering, okay, what, what is the direction? The message is they're sticking with what they have. They believe in the system. Now you have to give them credit. The Hawks, if you have watched the last six, seven games, the Hawks have played better. Even the last two team games against two of the best teams in the NBA, it went down to the wire. You know, Celtics game, you just didn't have enough firepower at the end because DeJounte was out. The Clippers game, literally if DeAndre Hunter wasn't on a minute restriction and they had a couple of plays go their way, they probably would have beat the Clippers. And that's the thing. The way that they've been playing recently, I think, is the way that they envisioned them being when the season started. This is what I think what we've seen is what they've, picture and i think that quinn has been very adamant to them about just let me let me set my culture and my system regardless of results right now because the results will eventually come the problem for hawks fans it's hard for them to believe that because it's not and it's not even an indictment on quinn it's more of an indictment on just there's just not any trust in the front office there's no trust with landry's no trust with wrestling so how do so certain decisions that are being made is like, I don't understand this decision. One of the big decisions is that obviously Clint Capella was not traded at the deadline. And now we're going on a four, what is it? Is it, is it the four full season? Four fifth full season that Yeka has been in the league and has not gotten the starting gig. He's starting right now because Capella's hurt and he's averaging like, I think 18 points a game as a, I mean, just in general in the last five, um, but it's it's one of those things where he's averaging 17 to 8 and almost two blocks in his last five games, and he's plus 38 from the floor. That's the Yekka Okongu. And, and, and yet, he's still on the roster, and it's still a strong possibility that when Clint Capella gets back, a Yekka Okongu is going to go to the bench, which, again, I said that a Yekka seems to fit what Quinn wants to do better. He gives him a stretch five. He gives him a guy who can do more offensively and just do more in general. He's a better lateral, versatile defender than Clint Capella, even though Clint Capella is the better rebounder and shot blocker. But Okangu can block shots, you know, when put into position. And then obviously DeJounte, I think, is the big name that, you know, we've we've heard for, for months, almost two months now, actively shop, shopping aggressively. You know, they're going to move off DeJounte or or they want to move off DeJounte to get assets to, to maybe try to get a quality player in return. And he's still here. Now, I don't I'm one of the people who don't believe DeJounte Murray is the problem. Yes. Are there things that he struggles with? Yes. But there's also things that he helps with. We've seen in multiple situations when they need a second guy who could score the ball. He was that guy. He sh- that was one of the reasons why they traded for him to be a second person to score the ball. And he's done that, you know, and I think we, I think sometimes we take, we take players for granted because we, we want these players to be perfect and be great at everything. And then when they're not, we are like, well, if they're not great at this, then we need to find someone who is, but then it's like, okay, you could do that, but you do realize there's a chance you may, the things that he does help you with are really good at, 
that next player might not have it. You know, and it, it kind of goes back to, I remember when somebody was talking about Bruno, since he's playing now because he's the backup center to Yeka while Clint's out. And they were talking about how, oh, he's limited. He's not that good. God bless us. And I'm like, bro, Bruno is fine. Y'all act like Bruno is a terrible, god-awful player, and he's not. He is a backup center in this league. <laughs> what, what is wrong with that? I, I think the Hawks, Hawks and Hawks fans were spoiled by the fact that you can go from Capella to a Kongu. So now that you actually have an actual real backup center who is a backup center, you 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 hate him. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong. And Bruno has, I think, I personally believe Bruno has not played bad in these last couple of games. He has, he's done well. He's, he's done a good job rolling to the rim. He's done a good job finishing. I, I have no issue with Bruno. I've said I'm cool with Bruno getting minutes. I have no issue with that man. But some people feel like because he's not a game-changing player, even though he's like the backup center, that's a problem. Clearly, everybody you bring off the bench is going to have a hole. Like, which, but the thing is, is that what they bring you is why he plays. Like, the reason why Bogey plays is he can give you 30. Even though, yes, he is a liability defensively, he can give you 30. That's why he's on the team. The reason why Bay's on the team is when his shot is right, he can knock down quarter threes and he has he can cut to the rim and get A1s all day. He's, he's improved tremendously in the putback game, dunks at the rim. You know, that, that that's a bench player. I think he could be a high-end bench player. But because he can't play defense straight which I get because we need defense. I completely get that. But, you know, people act like if you have a weakness, you, you, you're, you're no longer any good. And that's ridiculous. But realistically, the Hawks probably are going to revisit DeJounte talks this offseason. Probably. I, I would assume. Then you'll probably revisit Clint Capella talks and maybe even DeAndre Hunter talks. Right. And I make this point too to people who also talk about why we ain't making moves. And I, and I always say this to try to give context. It's not easy being a GM or a person who's making these deals because, you know, teams have agendas. Teams have stronger relationships and GMs have strong relationships with one than the other. Teams, you obviously don't want to make sure you're not getting fleeced or you're getting the value you think is appropriate for your player. Now, that also is something within itself because, you know, teams are valuing their players at a certain rate. And then the market may be saying one thing compared to what you think. There is, there's just so many things that go into making a trade. You may think a player is more valuable than the team that you want assets from. They may not value your player, so it makes the trade more complicated. It's not easy. From what I've heard, from everything I've heard from Adrian Wojnarowski, the reason why the Hawks didn't make that trade with Dejounte was literally just because they felt like they weren't getting the value back for him that he probably was warranted. And people are saying, oh, this reminds me of John Collins all over again. And I understand why, because the management has created – the mistake with John for keeping him too long. So now anytime we may want to trade someone and never trade them, we just think it's John Collins over again. But here's the difference in the situation. John Collins, the biggest issues with him was he, he was coming. 
his production went down every year. We signed him to a deal that I think a lot of teams probably wouldn't have paid him or don't want to pay him. And so those two things obviously would affect his trade value because teams are like, we don't want to take that contract. So I'm, I don't really want to give up a lot of assets for him. Right. The Hawks just got to a point where they had to move off of him. And that's why they eventually moved off. of him. The Jante has a good contract and he's having a career high in points. And realistically, if he was probably the main guy running the show, probably would be close to being an all-star. So he he's he's the he's a he's a good player. Like we know for a fact he's a good player. Strong player can be is a starting point guard in this game, and he has a good contract. So I don't think this is a matter of John Collins in terms of we don't like his contract or we don't think he's that good to be warranting the value. I just think teams just felt like I don't want to break the bank for DeJounte Murray. I think that was ultimately the thing. Teams are just not are not willing to. Now, the offseason, I always say, is better for trading in general because first, when the lottery happens, you actually know, especially if you're trading for picks for this year, you know what the picks are. You'll probably have an idea of what the picks are because you'll know who your lottery teams is and you will know who's not in the lottery. So you know which teams you're going to be able to get certain picks from and other teams that don't. Other teams may get picks because of things that happened previous trades before that they've made, uh, certain you know conditional picks, things like that. And then that will create the opportunity for you know the Hawks to maybe get a more lucrative deal with a team potentially. And for Dejounte, I mean, he still has he has still hasn't set up to play hard because again, if that's something they're going to revisit this offseason. You you still want to play well and make a team be like, man, we really need that. Now, the one thing that hurts Dejounte in today's landscape is that there's so many good guards in the game. There's so many good quality guards. That's not the biggest need. The biggest need every team has is wings. So wings are going to have more value. You heard reports that people were keeping an eye on DeAndre Hunter and Shadiq Bay, even though no moves were made. But that was just that that they will there will always be teams that want wings. I just think DeJounte, there's so many teams that have guards that it's just like, okay, do we really need to give up a certain amount for a guy like him? Which that's the, for the team to decide, for the team to make. And then obviously the Hawks have to do their due diligence and not just give up whatever. Because the thing is, if this is going to be like John Collins, if they traded him for like a pick, that's why if you think about a lot of the deals that you heard that were rumored, everybody was very underwhelmed by a lot of them. And that may definitely have been what was offered to them. And if all of you are that disapproving of the deals, then what are you upset about with the Jonte staying? Because y'all basically just admitted you don't like any of the deals. So the, like the Hawks can't pry more out of the other teams. All they can do is say, we want this. If you're not willing to do this, then we'll keep it moving. Because at the end of the day, DeJounte has four years left on his contract. They're not, there really is no intern, there's no pressure to get rid of him. You know, it's not like he, if it was on a year, then you might have been stuck in a situation where you may have had to take a trade that you didn't want to take. But overall, you're not in that situation. So you can afford to wait a little bit longer to make a trade. But I also understand everybody's sentiment that the Hawks could have made a smaller trade. We heard AJ Griffin rumors. AJ was potentially maybe a swap with somebody. That didn't happen. One of the biggest issues that the Hawks have is they don't really have a lot of assets past the top eight. The only person who really has value after that is AJ Griffin. And his value is not that great because he hasn't played. 
it just literally depends at that point is if, if a team wants to think what they saw last year, they think they could do something with him this year. And then second, you have the rookies, which you haven't technically seen play at the NBA level yet. So you don't know they're good in terms of like on the main stage level. You know they're killing it in G League. Seth Lundy just had a great game in G League for the Skyhawks. Kobe's been killing it down there. But again, you, you haven't seen them at this level. So you don't actually know, okay, are they legit? You have to just go to your draft scouts and say, did we like him when he came out? What was our evaluation on him? And then maybe look at Skyhawks tape and say, okay, did he says he has he proved maybe things that we consider weaknesses or his strengths still his strengths? And then maybe you decide if you want to take it. But it seems like the Hawks don't really want to move off Kobe either. So there's just there's just a lot of those questions. And like I mentioned earlier with Clint Capella, Yeka Kongu probably should start the rest of the year, if I'm being completely honest with you. But like I said, they're probably going to put Clint Capella back in the starting lineup when he gets healthy. Only thing Okongu can do is continue to ball and make it a hard decision and make and make him be like, listen, like Okongu's ball, like he has shown he's ready to start. How are you going to draft a man in the top 10 and give him an extension and tell me he can't be your starting center? And the craziest thing is it's not even because he hasn't deserved it. It's just literally because y'all won't move Clint Capella. <laughs> I don't think Ayeka has made Clint Capella stay here. I just think that the the team and the front office doesn't know what to do with Clint Capella. So they just are like, well, let's just stay comfy and keep him in the starting lineup and keep him doing the same thing. Even though he's a clear, he clearly just stands out like a sore thumb with the way they want to play because he's not the type of player that fits what Quinn wants to do. So when you, when you have all this going on, that makes an issue earlier today, the Pelicans, they were talking about a potential trade. That was the team that we heard during the trade deadline date that people were talking about. People were saying maybe that could be momentum towards a deal, right? They came up last night. And then, yeah, I'm waking up this morning, and I'm seeing that they're talking about Dejounte and Ayeka Kongu, which I thought was like, all right, hold on a second. If, if they're going to make a trade like that, they have to give up like Zion or Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum. I don't want CJ McCollum. So the only two players that I would be okay with trading in that situation with, if we gave up the both would be probably Herb. And then I need Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson with that. If we don't make a trade like that, you, you're not making the trade to be just Herb and like Trey Murphy in a pick for two starting quality players. And all we're getting is one starting quality player back, but we get the pick, right? Is the, you know, like to me, that that to me would have pissed me off if they made that move because I'm like, what? If, like, no, like I we need somebody significant back. If you gave me Brandon Ingram and Herb, now we got now our win game is much improved. You literally can make, you literally can make Ingram if you really wanted to. You literally can make Ingram the two if you wanted to, and then you could go with an Ingram Hunter Jalen Johnson uh, front line, and then I guess Capella when he gets back, I guess, and then boom, now your defense in the starting lineup has just improved. Now you got not only a person that's a, that and who, but who is a, a defensive liability but has improved greatly defensively is Trey Young. Now you got defense. And then Herb can come off the bench. So now he's improving the second unit's defense. Bogey, Herb, Bo, uh, Bay, and then I, I guess Bruno. And then we'll see who the backup point guard is. I hope it's not Patty Mills, but, you know, we'll see. To, but – you see, because that, that structure would technically make sense, and now a weakness is now a strength for the Hawks. But that didn't happen. So 
that trade fell through, and then you know, just just all all that, all the shenanigans of the trade deadline, right? So, like I said, biggest question now is just what's the direction of the team? What what does this team want to do? What does this team want to go? What is happening? But I also said, like I said earlier, they want they they are believing in what Quinn is building. Trey has mentioned it plenty of times that it's going to take a minute. The Hawks may have tried to potentially rush this situation sooner than they should have. And now they're realizing, oh, snap, we, we really probably shouldn't have done that. But like I said, you're playing better basketball. Like I've said, right now, even though we all think everything is just crazy and crappy and everything under the sun, the Hawks coming games aren't crazy. You're playing a Philly team who, since they just made trades, you would assume any player they traded for today would not be in the um in the game tomorrow. You play Houston, who is falling off, could beat them. Play Chicago, could beat them. Now imagine this the way this team has played recently against these teams. Charlotte, you would assume you would beat them, hopefully. Toronto, Orlando, Utah. Realistically, crazily believe it. The Hawks are seven games under 500. That is seven games. The Hawks, realistically, with this schedule and the way they are playing, especially if DeJounte comes back tomorrow and plays and they don't get any more injuries, the Hawks legitimately could win seven in a row and be 500 by the end of the month. And, and, I, and a part of me thinks that's what the, what the regime is hoping for. I, I think they've seen progression with the system. I think they've seen improved play. And now you actually have a stretch of your schedule that, again, this, I mean, listen, the Hawks have not given us much reason to believe that that's going to happen, but it's there. The Hawks have a very winnable seven games coming up and could go streaking again. And now you're a 500 team, which will probably at least put you in eighth or at least close to eighth, which right now is the Magic. You play the Bulls and the Magic in the next seven games, two teams above you. So those wins are going to do a lot for you. So that's what I think is, is going on. I think they expect progression to be made. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know people don't want to hear that that's their core reasoning for going ahead and not making trades, but that could be. Because at the end of the day, they were definitely shopping people. They were definitely listening to offers, but they clearly felt like none of the trade offers that were offered to them presented any value. And so that's why no moves were made. So now we have to see how this season plays out. I know everybody thinks, oh, we're going to be playing teams in the first round, da, da, da. And right now, yeah, it totally makes sense for you to believe that because, I mean, that's what we've seen, you know. But we'll, we'll, the thing is about the league is you never know. If you if you get the right matchup, if you get the right thing, you never know what can happen. But I understand for Hawks fan is frustrating seeing the Knicks be aggressive, seeing the Sixers be aggressive, seeing Oklahoma City be aggressive. Seeing these teams and the deals they make and saying, we couldn't do that. We couldn't make a deal like that. We couldn't do anything like that. Why are we unable to, but these teams can't? 
I completely get that 100% because you are frustrated. You are frustrated with what you have seen. You, a lot of people do not have confidence in this front office because they have not made expectations clear and they have not shown us which direction they're going. Because usually the trade deadline in, in, in the season is a point for teams to show you either they're trying to win or they're selling. Teams that stay put either believe they're already good enough or they think that they will improve as the season goes on. Because that happens. Some teams just truly believe we'll get better as the season goes on, whether that's health or something else. You never know. They could use the excuse that they lost Hunter for multiple months, and they lost Jalen for a month, and now you lost Capella, and, and all that as a reason as like, I mean, it's not like this team was this record at full strength. You, I mean, you never know what they've talked about up there in the front office, what conversations Quinn has had with Landry and all that. They talk. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe Quinn was able to convince Landry, like, listen, unless you just get the perfect deal, you know, I, I, I don't think we need to make any moves. And I'm, and I'm willing to ride with what I have and continue to implement what I want to do and continue to keep my consistency going with what my system is and hope that we can round this thing up and we can, you know, make strides and improve and we'll see where the season takes us. That definitely could be what they decided to do. But you know, that that is where we are right now with, with the Hawks and then and the trade deadline. So I, I completely understand people frustrated, people just w- trying to figure out, like, what are we doing? What is the plan? What exactly is the direction of the Atlanta Hawks? And today they felt like no answers were given. And so people are just like, I guess the season's a bust. The season is over. What's the point of caring? This team doesn't care. Why should I care? All of those emotions are very justifiable in the situation. But the only thing we can do is just watch and see what happens, guys. So that's what we're going to do. That's at least what I'm going to do. You know, so if the Hawks team play the way they played recently, things could change. But that's why we play the game to see if it actually does. But yeah, so that's all I got really for you guys. I guess this is more of a rant, I guess, for for the episode. Um, Since, you know, I didn't talk about Boston game, really nothing to talk about. But um, hope you guys like that for sure. Uh, like I said, man, I appreciate you guys tuning into the Believe in Hawks podcast every time. Just give me a chance to be part of your day. Obviously, very appreciate it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter by underscore two K on your screen, and for my audio listeners, B R I C E Y underscore two K. Don't forget if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like the video. Definitely supporting love for more Hawks, Believe in Hawks content, and just Hawks content in general. And then also for audio, leave a review on the podcast so other Hawks fans can see this podcast. Tune in and we can grow the following out here. And then, you know, get big enough, you start making merchandise, and woo-wee. So, um, like I said, guys, I appreciate it, guys. So that's all I got for you guys. This is your Believe in Hawks podcast. It's your boy Bryce Lewis, signing out.